Hi, I'm Jack. And I'm Kevin. This is Good Company in the Car. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. She walks by, the men folks can't even Okay, I want to make one thing clear right off the bat. Trying to save the wild honeybees is not an excuse to not mow your lawn. <laughs> Amongst other great rationalizations for not doing our front. You've got a handful of buttercups out there. You're like, I'm, I'm trying to save the bees. That's why I'm not mowing the lawn. That follows on the heels of the other greatest excuse. I'm not going to mow the lawn if I don't have the energy or the time to do, hey. it, to do it perfectly. So you just don't do you it. You just made, you got a good laugh out of me. That was very funny. However, it has been proven. I wish I could show it to you in my right now, but I can't. You should let uh, wildflowers, especially yes. dandelions, so that the honeybees are yeah. the honeybees. Yep. And I was being legitimate about that because there was a <clears throat> bunch of dandelions on yeah, the side of the house. There were a couple, but it was you were like the buttercups. But I know, and again, pretty. They are, but that's that's not an excuse. Oh shut up! And uh, or that, or I don't, I can't do it perfectly, so I won't do it at all. I like that excuse. That's the, that's just. That is, I, I mean, procrastinators around the world are applauding you at this very moment. That's genius. I can't do it perfectly. I won't do it at all. Well, you know, because that was one of the things that, uh, Mom, if you're not going to do the job right, don't do it at all. Okay. And then she, get over there. Get yeah. So, uh, all right. Those honeybees. I'm, I'm trying. I'm doing my bit to save the honeybees. <coughs> There's a wood boring bee on my porch. Yeah. You always have those. I think those. there might be a nest because I've noticed a lot lately. Okay. So I didn't. I, the nest has moved. It's no longer where it was. So. Okay. Well, um, we are going to do another city confidential. I like city confidential. I do. I do too. This one is um, season eleven. Season eleven. Episode two. Episode two. Marion, Pennsylvania. Recipe for murder. Recipe for murder. So this takes place in Marion. Which is on the main line Spelled in Philadelphia. M E R I O N. Right. Because let me tell you, when I was looking for Marion, Pennsylvania, yeah. spelling it the other way, I got, you got nothing. Zip. No, the Marion, the main line is where all the fancy people live. My aunt and uncle used to have a house there that they inherited from the <laughs> And there's uh, all the colleges, Bryn Mawr and Villanova. And... But um, this takes place back in 1996. When the General Wayne Inn was built in 1704, Marion, Pennsylvania, which is now right on the subway line, was a full day's ride from Philadelphia. Back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, this is where the old money from the main line went for their Sunday dinners. Think Steamship Round or what's the one you really like? Prime Rib. Prime Rib. Yeah. It was a place where the Blue Bloods and the old money of the Philadelphia main line would go for their Sunday supper. Nothing ever very fancy. Meat and potatoes types of food. Growing up in the area, that was one of my favorite spots to go. But by the 1980s, the Blue Bloods were mostly blue hairs. I loved that. That's a direct quote. I loved that. And hip young urban professionals began buying up the mansions along the main line. As the main line changed, in particular Lower Marion, and more and more people came there with more sophisticated idea of what they wanted when they went out to dinner. 
the restaurant had started to lose some customers. The Old Inn served up its last slab of prime rib in 1994. That's a sick burn on prime rib right there. I know, but I like prime rib. <laughs> it's funny. So it shut down in 1994, and it was up for sale, and Jim Webb and his partner Guy Saleo bought it in December of 1995 for $1.2 yeah, Cheapest you, chips. And uh, you skipped over it that it is a, a, a historic building. It's on the archive, whatever that list is. of historic, List of national list historic of, places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And You can see that in the video when they're doing some B-roll footage of it. Right, you see some people right, walk right. by and then walk back and read it. It, cha- it has changed a couple of times. It changed names a couple of times because it was the General Wayne when they bought it. You're right. And it had changed names a couple of times because General Wayne was the last of the new names. And I think it got that name in like Na- 1800 uh, or something yeah. like that. Or, oh, okay. It, yeah, it was, it was not 18. That can't possibly be right, can it? Well, it, was built, it was built in 1704. Okay. Were you so, listening to my opening? Yes, I was, but I, you, it's math. Math 1704. is hard. Well, math <laughs> is hard, Kevin. So, yes, yeah, so I, the, with, you know, with my spotty memory, I, it was around 1800 that it got the name The General Wayne. Paradoxically, the episode says that by all accounts, business was cooking. Oh, God. But there was friction in the kitchen. Here is John Stillwagon. He's a detective. In the beginning of their business partnership, they got along well. However, the pressures of the financial responsibilities they had caused a lot of tension between the two of them. Again, though, that sounds contradictory. By all accounts, you know, they're, they were doing great, but then we learned very quickly that that's not the case. So it was no secret that Jim and Guy had a fractious relationship. I don't know any restaurant where the owners right. aren't at each other's throats. Well, yeah. When we worked at the Crab Claw, Sylvia and Bill, they owned it. Sylvia worked <laughs> the upstairs. Bill. Did you always call him Mr. Mr. Bill? Mr. Bill worked yeah. downstairs, and never the twain will meet. <laughs> they, they, they fought like cats and dogs. So Jim was a bit of a perfectionist, and Guy had that fantasy so many people have that when you own a restaurant jack it's all about swanning around the I'm dining looking room around to see who he's having talking to. having he's drinks talking? at the bar i think that would be great that's not what you do it's all about keeping the restaurant clean there's always somebody robbing that. from you there's always inspections there's always drama there's always a drug addict somewhere in the <laughs> you know what i mean there's always somebody coked out so guy didn't realize that jim apparently knew what running a restaurant was all about somebody <laughs> always I've never worked in a restaurant where all of that applied. Oh, that's funny. Okay. On top of the fact that Guy didn't seem to want to work, he was sleeping with a SAF, oh. which is always super problematic. Yeah, Here's there was, there was a thing about it. Like, he could, he wouldn't leave the young girls alone. And he's married. Yeah. This is Jay Lloyd from KYW News. The biggest problem Jim Webb, his partner, had with him was keeping him out of the pants of the staff. So Jay tells it like it is. Uh, KYW sounds like a radio station west of the Mississippi, right? Because stations east of the Mississippi begin with a W. Oh, I don't West know. of the Mississippi start I know with it's a K. W K or Q. And it KYW Q? News, and it's been in Philadelphia forever. Well, good. Guy is having an affair with 19-year-old Felicia Moisa in autumn 1996. He built up her expectations that they were going to get married. She had come home and told her mother, get ready for a wedding. So it's the day after Christmas, 1996. They had shut down for the night, and Guy and Felicia were going over to Mulligan's in Upper Darby. And they invited Jim along. Jim said he would meet them later, but he never showed up. They weren't concerned about that because it was often typical that he would say we're going to show up somewhere and wouldn't. So the next morning when Guy got to the restaurant, Jim's truck was already there. He went upstairs into the office. The door was shut. When he opened the door, he saw the body. Jim Webb was laying on the floor. He was facing up. On the left side of his forehead, there was a large lump. 
and there was some blood pulled around the left side of his face. So didn't, didn't she find him though? No, they called. He called down to the bartender. The no, the oh, pastry chef, who yeah. also works as a nurse. What kind of shitty wages are we paying nurses I in the nineties that they have to moonlight as a pastry I don't chef? Know. That's not, that doesn't seem right. So by appearances, it looks like he's fallen and hit his head. But when the detectives come, well, this call, this nine eleven call is truly made by someone who works in the restaurant industry. It's ridiculous. Oh, God. She went up and observed that he had a lump on his head. I concluded from that that he must have fallen and hit his head. Our executive chef is dead. dead. Our executive yeah, chef is I, dead. You know that, that there's that weird hierarchy in kitchens. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and, and like you were just saying, there's the staff works its way up from the from the you know the cleaners or the dishwasher the bus yeah they do it's a, it's a hierarchy and you got to get it and you get those good shifts and all that stuff at the crab claw when you started as a waitress you got the single lane of tables all the way at the back of the restaurant who got seated last and it was all two tops and right you work your way all the way up to where carol is it's five four tops and seated first and <laughs> my sister who when she worked in restaurants she was a cook or slash chef right so she was always you know the the uh, high price the star of the show yeah she was the cook that's great know. so it looks like he's fallen and hit his head but when the detectives turn him over they see it's from a gunshot wound and that the bullet is actually stopped in his forehead so that's what the lump's from because it's such a slow a small caliber weapon so this is super funky and they want to keep that information to themselves obviously because only the killer and the police will know he's, he's been shot the nurse slash pastry chef thinks he's hit his head so now guy makes the first of several mistakes when he found the gunshot wound in the back of jim webb's head we had a conversation that that information at that point was not going to leave the office. We consciously wanted to keep that information to ourselves, knowing that the only people that would know that would be us and the person who shot Jim Lynn. During the conversation, Guy Saleo came out right in front of me, went directly to Robin Webb, Jim's wife, hugged her and said Jim's been shot. So now he's telling Jim's wife that he has been shot and he is comforting her uh, right off the bat. The police are suspicious. He goes in for the hug. The only problem is that Felicia is providing an alibi for most of the evening. She provided an alibi for him because she could testify that she was with him at various points in the evening of the murder. She absolutely didn't believe that he did it. He left with Felicia to go to a bar, Mulligan's. He said that he went directly there, met Felicia, and then went home. That was it. He didn't know anything about the murder. So Felicia took a polygraph and passed. Guy also took a polygraph, and the results were inconclusive. Now, polygraphs are not admissible in court, right? I don't think so. Have you no. ever taken one? I've had several. Okay. <laughs> we now learn that... <laughs> I don't want to say why uh-huh. I've had several, but I'm not going back. That's okay. all i got to say. All right. We learned that the alibi is not airtight. He and Felicia went to the bar in Upper Darby in separate cars. And that was conveniently left out in the original story. She had to drop something, a Christmas present or something off at a girlfriend's. And then she went and met uh, Saleo at Mulligan. So now there's a window of time within which nobody is with Saleo. Despite appearances, all is not well at the General Wayne. They had been losing money almost from day one. So this gives Guy motive, which is always important when we're talking about murder. It never really made money that we could tell. Um, it was spiraling debt from day one. They kept taking out smaller loans from a company called Transmedia, as well as a line of credit from PNC Bank. They just never made it uh, to where they wanted to be. 
the overhead was very high and they needed to make a certain threshold each month and they weren't making it. And you could see over time that they were going deeper and deeper in the red. The ability to pay back the loans was becoming difficult. On top of this, Guy had convinced his father, Papa Celio, <laughs> to give uh, them 100000 to purchase the restaurant. And the Celios, I'm assuming, have a mob connection. Well, maybe. They wanted their money back. And very interestingly, I could not find anything... On them. So you couldn't find anything about the Celios? I could not find anything out about... There was a there was a Guy Celio Sr. That's him. And he would have been the right age. Yeah. But the, it, it didn't seem to match up with... With the with the guy Slayo Jr. Okay. So I don't know if they were connected. But the other thing that's very interesting uh, that in my research, guy was married. Yeah. I can't find anything on the wife. Wow. It is not listed in any of the papers in any of the doc court documents. I could not find her. I, what the hell is it though with Italian Americans and personal loans? I, don't, I, I mean, that's just like an on. That's a trope in every well, movie. But think about it. These guys grew up together. They were lifelong friends. So having a loan from one of their parents doesn't seem like a big deal. No, it doesn't. Especially when, well, I'm not going to say $100,000 is a lot of money, but in in, in comparison, comparison well, to all the amounts of money, $100,000 isn't that much. Now, I think this is pretty common. They have each taken life insurance out on each other for $625,000. That would have been more than enough for a guy to pay his father back and have adequate capital to continue to run the restaurant as now the sole owner. Right. On December 28th, the cops go over to Guy's townhouse with a search warrant, and they recover a 25 caliber pistol, which is the exact same caliber as the, pist- the murder weapon, and they think it's a slam dunk, but sadly it's not. We recovered from his house 25 caliber gun. The murder weapon was a 25 caliber gun. We started doing some background investigation. We found out that the 125 caliber gun had just been purchased about a month prior to the murder. It looked as if the cops had just found the gun that killed Jim Webb. They haven't. That gun is tested by our ballistics people and is ruled out as having been able to commit the killing. So you can imagine when they're like, we got him, you know? This is interesting. Yeah. In my research. Yeah. Between uh, Jim and his wife, uh-huh. they knew that he had three guns. Right. They knew it. They right. knew he had three guns. Okay. And then later you're going to, we find out that Guy had purchased another gun. Okay. And in all of the paperwork and everything, once when, when Jim's wife found out about it, she's like, there was only three guns recovered. Right. And, J- and Jim's wife is like, wait, there were four. There's four guns. Yeah. There's four guns. Oh, that's good. And that, that wasn't became in there. a thing. Oh, good. Well, you can imagine their frustration. This is pretty awful, though. In February of 1997, Felicia commits suicide. When Guy tells her it's over, he's going back to his wife. And people around town are wondering if there is a curse associated with the General Wayne Tavern. <laughs> Apparently, after the murder, Guy told Felicia he was going back to his wife, so her suicide made the cops feel like they were on the right track. Here's Jim's mom. They were buying time to get all their ducks in the row. They knew they had one shot at Guy, and they didn't want to mess it up. So he had done a very good job of covering his tracks, and since he worked at the restaurant, his DNA and hair and everything are going to be everywhere, so that's not going to help the cops. However, in October of 1997, he goes on trial. It was like panic time. It was very nerve-wracking. We all held held hands. We were scared to death, but we knew that Guy had done it. 
according to the episode, it's January 2002 and he gets sentenced to life. So this timeline is all over the place. That's over five years. I hope you can clear this up because that didn't make any sense. He went on trial in 97, but the episode says he got life in January 2002. Did he get a second trial? So this is now, I'm glad that you said that. I had trouble following the different court things as well, too. Uh-huh. In his initial, somewhere along the line, he testified that he did not have any guns. I right. believe he said he didn't have any guns. Okay. And he was in jail for perjury. Oh. Because they didn't have, they hadn't nailed They got the- him on perjury for the, oh, so the 2002 trial is for murder, I'll bet. Correct. Oh, okay. So they put him in jail for perjury. Right. Now, if I understand, I could be. That makes I'm, sense. I'm, no, putting that makes a, sense. I'm putting an asterisk besides this because it's very difficult. I'm not, I can't figure it yeah. out. It doesn't make sense. It's a little confusing. And also after Felicia committed suicide, Guy is like, oh, by the way, she did it. Right. They're like, you never mentioned this before. Now that she's dead, dead men tell no tales. Right. And they're like, that that's not what happened, Guy. Right. So and then that goes back to to Jim's wife saying there were four guns. He had four guns. With the purchase of the, of the other one, that would make four guns, and only three were retrieved. Okay, so that helped that helped uh, tighten the noose a little bit. So he got life in two thousand and two, and. He's now earning, back in 2002, 17 cents an hour at the Correctional Institute in Pennsylvania. (laughs) Uh, Here is Jim's mom describing his signature dish, and it sounds delicious. It does. Oh, my God, it does. His signature dish, one of my favorites, was a lobster rolled in chicken breast, rolled in pistachio crust. Fantastic. I haven't had it since. Yeah. So... Clearly, a uh, guy ruined a lot of people's lives when he claimed that Felicia Felicia commits suicide because of him. Then he besmirches her name by saying she was actually the murderer. He was always very self-centered. When he blamed Felicia, he was just ruining another family. He had ruined everybody else's family. And he was still trying to save himself and get out of it. So Jim's mom is like, this monster just ruined people's lives because all he worried about was himself, which is what pathological murderers which do. Is, and it's very interesting. I still wish that we knew more about, because they kept referring to them as lifelong friends. Yeah. So I would like to actually know how, how long they were was. actually friends yeah. in. I was able to do a little bit of research, but this was this one was kind of hard it's to weird. find. I would have thought there would have been a ton about it. Well, I thought there would do. Yeah. And I was able to find, oh, the, um, the General Wayne, <clears throat> it, oh, it's a synagogue now. <laughs> it's it's a it's not it's a Jewish community, community center. center. Yes, it is a Jewish community community center, which is I thought was kind of interesting yeah. because it's a building that's on the register National Historic Register. Yeah, yeah, yep. Because yeah. uh, here's one of the things the, the, they don't give an exact date, and this is why it confused me. So Silco at 34 at the time, formerly a uh, Delaware County blah, blah, is serving a life sentence now after being convicted of first degree murder <coughs> in connection with the murder. While Cil- Cilio faces up to seven additional years in prison if convicted of perjury. So somewhere there was a perjury charge in there and he was out on bail. And when he was out on bail, he was working at a very fancy restaurant in in uh, downtown Philadelphia called Opus 251. Okay. And, and they had a undercover officer go get a job there. Oh, wow. To befriend him. Yeah. And I guess the... Did it work? Uh, well, it says, uh, among his other conversations, Zdnowski, I'm assuming huh. that's the... Doesn't uh, matter. It's yeah, yeah. what he got recalled out of Saleo. Recalled, uh, 
with Cecilio said in one of them, which he asked Cecilio if he thought he was going to go to jail. And Cecilio's response was, I guess I'll be cooking for thousands. Yeah. So, so he figured he, he's yeah, like the he jig kinda, is up. He kind of knew. Yeah. 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 He kind of knew. So, and then there was a joke about him making sloppy joes. Oh. So apparently he was a cook as well, but he didn't want to do the hard work. No, he didn't. He, yeah. he wanted to get a restaurant. And that's, that's the fantasy. I'll get a restaurant. If you're a celebrity, if you're Michael Jordan, you can buy a restaurant and, make it, and you yeah, can yeah, hire yeah, a manager because the manager's got to be there 24 7. Exactly. You've got to have somebody you trust there every day of the week. You can't buy it and then expect your partner to run it because they will cheat you. They, they, the yeah. staff will rob from you. They'll be embezzled. It never restaurants are brutal. I, I would never I, own a restaurant. It's it's it. You I've Kevin, worked in Kevin tons has of them. been with me in more than one restaurant where I've looked at him and gone, I could not do this. No, you I could. could not. I, uh-uh. There's no way. Bartending's kind of fun, but you know, when I did that for half a year when I was in college, my popularity skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> but I poured my friends' drinks really heavy. Well, you know, and that was the, the you know the Newtown Pub took the took the hit for that. <laughs> Is it still open? No, it burned Aww. down. Lightning. Aww. Wait, <laughs> totally. It was That's totally really for funny. the insurance money. Yeah, it was <laughs> absolutely scammy. Uh, so there was a thing about... And there was a cokehead. One of the bartenders was a cokehead. Another one was stealing money. I, there was drama so in the funny. kitchen. The, the owners were, were sketchy. That's hilarious. It's so funny because cocaine is this subject matter in my life that I never thought I would know anything about. Uh-huh. And lately, like in the last year or two, I've been like cocaine i'm like oh that's what it's all about. people you haven't oh, been doing yeah. it you've been around people no, who are no, no, because kevin's pointed it out to me and i'm like i had no i just thought they were crazy yeah. no they're coked up yeah, I think that's really funny. one of the things that was said during the court thing was celio to celio 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 to, uh, told jurors celio. celio told jurors that his wife told him he sweated when he ate Okay, so that's I unforgivable. Guess, well, it's kind of Throw funny, out. but if you think about it, it's kind of funny. And then they said, but then they said, but he never broke a sweat during more than five and a half hours on the witness stand. Okay, but he's telling, oh, I'm a five and a half hours on the witness stand, and he never broke a sweat. I don't understand what that tells me. That, that tells you that he's lying and he's a cool cucumber. Oh, okay. You know, but he, he got away, you know, he was able to get away with lying and nobody thought about it. When it was all over, when it was all over after the final thing robin webb and a friend of close friends and family went to hit the rose tree inn in upper providence where jim webb started his career and okay. i think that that's a touching oh they know, went there in tribute to him yeah yeah they went oh, okay. and had dinner had a meal. And, and tribute to him. yeah i think that that's a great uh i think that that's a great thing that is a great thing. um robin was the wife i kept saying jim's wife her name was robin right so robin was saying that she didn't understand how that they had once been the best of friends and they became bitter enemies as their dream business at the general wayne sank in a sea of red a ink. restaurant will do that to you i guess but i'm like so was it too expensive or fancy people didn't want to go there was just calculating restaurants is just and again if you don't have staff that you can trust and you're not willing to be there and you got a partner like guy yeah. who's sitting at the bar drinking yeah he's like I'll, I'll i'll run that tab you know that that meal's on me just being that yeah, yeah, being yeah. that guy just that one guy one partner yeah. alone can sink a ship so apparently uh jim and guy had gotten into physical fights yeah well and, jim wanted to have a successful restaurant and well, wanted yeah. to hang out and then uh and then robin had to get in between them to keep it from getting that bad and that's when jim said something to her about well you know he's got three guns mm-hmm. and that's where it came about knowing that the police had three guns owned by saleo in custody and that's where it came up that jim had told her right 
He owns yeah. three guns. I know he owns three guns. Yeah. And then afterwards in the investigation, they found out, they found out that he'd bought another gun. Yeah. Okay. Well, the only thing I, the only one strike I have against Jim is that mullet. Other than that, he seemed like a great well, guy. Well, <laughs> at that time, that was kind of considered an in-style hairstyle. Oh, it's brutal. I know. It's really bad. <laughs> now, see, and then there was something which I didn't understand, so I'm going to read this and see if you can uh, understand this. According to Robin Webb, a 100000 gift from Saleo Sr. had been used to help buy the General Wayne Inn. When he wanted to change it into a loan, arguments erupted almost daily between her husband and and Saleo. So there was actually some sort of like what they were going to change it afterwards. They want to turn it into a loan instead of a guy. Guy's dad wanted, wanted he wanted the hundred thousand dollar back because the right. money was going to make business. We we're like, no, this isn't for yes, 10 years. Yes. I want my money back. And it says guy wasn't doing 50% of the work. And uh, also concerned about the sexual harassment lawsuit. Should one of Celio's should one of Celio's girlfriends get upset because yeah. he kept screwing girls that yeah. worked in the restaurant. No, he's super problematic. Yeah. 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 Have you, were you able to find a mugshot? No, I was not able to find a mugshot. How old is he's he now? 54, 55 He's now. not that old, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the name of their incorporated their corporation was Jim Guy, Inc. Okay. Yeah. Not very creative. Yeah, well, you know, they can't always be. No. But it is, it is. Uh, 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 I have a, a fantasy in my mind it's about not real. owning an RV. Uh, oh, oh, oh that an one. RV. <laughs> that fantasy. I think it would be so cool to have an RV or a camper and, and travel across the country and have your own bed and your own kind of kitchen. Well, that's and fantasy. And my best friend, Frank. And who Kevin. Grew up, and, well, and Kevin. <laughs> but my best friend, Frank, who, you know, has grew He's up camping. Yeah. You're not going to like you're it. You're not. The first time you have to clean out the shitter, you're not going to. You're not. And it doesn't <laughs> magically clean itself. There is there is an RV park in the Keys down yeah. in Isla Mirada, and you can rent, you can stay in the RVs. There are, there's, there's, no. a, there's like city streets yeah. of RVs. They're all set up. You pay. It's like you're staying in a hotel, but you stay in the RV for the night, so you get the experience of being in an RV. Well, so see, you, but the you point is, it. I want to be in my own RV with well, my you, own you could stuff. do it for a couple of nights and be like, you see, it's not that glamorous. Well, I've been in campers and trailers. That's that's not the the thing is, is in my mind, it's glorious and beautiful, and yeah. you know, and it's fabulous. So is owning you? a restaurant. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's it's so funny to and, and my friend because every time I see a camper, uh-huh. I'm like, ooh, it would be so no. nice. And my friend, you would hate it. You'd you'd like it for one week, and then, and then you'd be yeah, like, you would, you would oh buy, my god, you would buy that RV, and then you would hate it, and then you wouldn't sell it, and you'd have an RV sitting well, in your driveway. That, that, that's also true. But you know, it's so funny because like my sister has one, like I said, Frank has one, and they're nice. Like they're the ones with the bump outs and all that kind yeah. of stuff. They're very very nice. Yeah. But you don't think it's just like a car no, it's, it's cars like a are beautiful you gotta yeah, change no, the oil you gotta put yeah and that's so so comparing that to restaurants i would be the perfect host in a restaurant oh, yeah walking around hey how are you hi let's go yeah, to welcome but you wouldn't want to do any real work yeah I, well, so we're right. never we're never opening a restaurant together because uh, I, no I would be jim you would be guy and you would probably kill me hey <laughs> i don't like that thanks for listening everybody <laughs> have a good night <laughs> The girl can't have it, but she's in love with me.